When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 344, an excerpt from the book, The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever, by Michael Bungay Stanier, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Saturday, welcome to the podcast where I simply read to you. I get permission from the authors, and here on Optimal Living Daily, I read from popular personal development and minimalism blogs like Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and many, many more. And sometimes I get to read from books too, which is what's happening today. So Michael Bungay-Stanier is the founder and senior partner of Box of Crayons, which is a company that helps people and organizations all over the world do less good work and more great work. And his book, The Coaching Habit, while it is technically a business style book, I don't want to say business book because that sounds like a textbook and it's not like a textbook at all. uh, I found that it covers personal development pretty well and you'll hear that in today's excerpt. And make sure you listen through to the end because you'll have a chance to win a copy of the book from me. So with that, let's hear the book as we optimize your life. An excerpt from the book, The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever by Michael Bungay-Stanier. The change of behavior at the heart of what this book is about is this, a little more asking people questions and a little less telling people what to do. But simple doesn't mean easy, and theory's no good if you don't know how to put it into practice. So before we look at what to change, we need to understand how to change. You already know it's hard to change old ways of behaving, however good your intentions. Or is it just me who has sworn not to check email first thing in the morning and nonetheless found myself in the wee small hours, my face lit by that pale screen glow. Intended to find inner peace through the discipline of meditation, yet couldn't find five minutes to just sit and breathe, sit and breathe. I committed to take a proper lunch break and somehow found myself shaking the crumbs out of my keyboard, evidence of sandwich spillage, or decided to abstain from drinking for a while and yet had a glass of good Australian Shiraz mysteriously appear in my hand at the end of the day. And that's less surprising when you realize that a Duke University study says that at least 45% of our waking behavior is habitual. Although we like to think we're in charge, it turns out that we're not so much controlling how we act with our conscious mind as we are being driven by our subconscious or unconscious mind. It's amazing. Also, it's a little disturbing. There's always been a lot of information out there on how to change the way you behave. Or more accurately, there's a dense jungle of misinformation that grows particularly lush at the turn of each year when resolutions are in the air. Have you heard the one that says that if you do something for 21 days, you'll have a new habit? Someone just made that up and it now stalks the internet like a zombie refusing to die. Happily, there has been an increase of grounded findings based on neuroscience and behavioral economics that have helped clear a path over the last few years. To build an effective new habit, you need five essential components, a reason, a trigger, a microhabit, effective practice, and a plan. Make a vow. Why would you bother doing something as difficult as changing the way you work? You need to get clear on the payoff for changing something as familiar and efficient, not the same, of course, as effective, as an old behavior. Getting clear doesn't mean imagining success, funnily enough. Research shows that if you spend too much time imagining the outcome, you're less motivated to actually do the work to get there. 
Leo Babauta frames a helpful way of connecting to the big picture in his book, Zen Habits, Mastering the Art of Change. He talks about making a vow that's connected to serving others. Leo gave up smoking as a commitment to his wife and newborn daughter. So think less about what your habit can do for you and more about how this new habit will help a person or people you care about. Figure your trigger. One key insight from reading Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, is this. If you don't know what triggers the old behavior, you'll never change it because you'll already be doing it before you know it. The more specific you can be when defining your trigger moment, the more useful a piece of data it is. As an example, at the team meeting becomes more usable when it's when I'm asked to check in at the team meeting and becomes even more usable when it's when Jenny asked me for feedback on her idea in the team meeting. With that degree of specificity, you have the starting point for building a strong new habit. Double S it, be short and specific. If you define your new habit in an abstract and slightly vague way, you won't get traction. If it takes too long to do, your big brain will find a way to hack your good intentions. BJ Fogg's work at tinyhabits.com suggests that you should define your new habit as a microhabit that needs to take less than 60 seconds to complete. It's about getting really clear on the first step or two that might lead to the bigger habit. The double S guideline works particularly well for this book as each one of the seven essential questions fits that bill. Practice deeply. For his book, The Talent Code, Dan Coyle researched why certain parts of the world were talent hotspots for certain skills. Brazil, soccer. Moscow, women's tennis. New York, music, think the Juilliard School. One key factor in each hotspot was knowing how to practice well. Coyle calls it deep practice. The three components of deep practice are one, practicing small chunks of the bigger action. For instance, rather than practice the whole tennis serve, you practice just tossing the ball up. Two, repetition, repetition, and repetition, and repetition. Do it fast, do it slow, do it differently but keep repeating the action. Three, and finally, being mindful and noticing when it goes well. When it does, celebrate success. You don't have to go buy the bottle of Moet, although you can if you wish. A small fist pump will do just fine. Plan how to get back on track. When you stumble, and everyone stumbles, it's easy to give up. I may as well eat the rest of the cake, seeing as I've now had a slice. In his book, Making Habits, Breaking Habits, Jeremy Dean helps us face the reality that we will not achieve perfection in our quest to build a habit. We will miss a moment, miss a day, that's a given. What you need to know is what to do when that happens. Resilient systems build in fail-safes so that when something breaks down, the next step to recover is obvious. Make your habit a resilient system. You just listened to an excerpt from the book, The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever by Michael Bungay-Stanier. You can find him and his books at boxofcrayons.biz. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, you can win his book from me. I'm gonna raffle it off tonight to a lucky winner who happens to be on my mailing list. That's my weekly newsletter email list at oldpodcast.com. You can join there or you can text the word optimal to the number 44222 and join that way. You'll get some free spreadsheets from me to optimize your life, a video tutorial, you'll be entered to win books on the first of every month, and this extra bonus raffle at midnight tonight, as long as you're in the raffle before then. And sorry if you're listening to this in the future, but there will always be more raffles, so still worth it to join. Plus, it'll make me smile. So again, to do that, just visit oldpodcast.com and enter your email address there, or text the word OPTIMAL to the number 44222. 
And I'll end it there for today. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I will see you in the Sunday show tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits. Oh,